Carol has overcome countless obstacles to create her firm, and she's done it on her own. When disaster strikes, all seems lost. Someone might be able to help. Unfortunately, it just happens to be Jonah, the man Carol wronged many years before. Can she avert disaster without reopening old wounds? Or might facing the demons of her memory lead to new beginnings? This week, A Glint of Mischief presents Ups and Downs, Is It Too Late for Love? by D.B. Carter. Hello, I'm Judah Lamy. Welcome to A Glint of Mischief, a weekly podcast where you get to preview some of the great indie books out there. Each episode is the reading of the first chapter of an independently published book, available to buy right now. But first, a word from our sponsors. Hey there! It's your friendly neighborhood cat lady, Witten Whiskers, with a proud announcement. A Glint of Mischief is now part of Project Entertainment Network. Sweet, right? Yeah, we're stoked. Check the link in the show notes. Me wow! Project Entertainment Network is full of great shows. Here's one now. How do people who make stuff up for a living make stuff up? New York Times bestseller Jonathan Mayberry told us... Oprah's book club favorite Sue Miller told us... You know, you sort of take a character and make some bad things happen. How'd we get them to do that? We colored them, just like at a cocktail party, except through your headphones. Join us every Thursday for the Liars Club Oddcast. A slightly unhinged podcast where storytellers interview other storytellers. Available on Project Entertainment Network, iTunes, and everywhere podcasts are heard. Now, let's get to the reason we're all here, yes? Carol smiled in her sleep. She basked in the sun of the Mediterranean beach as the light bouncing from the ripples of the sapphire sea danced for her pleasure. While she reclined on the sun lounger, a handsome bartender sporting a tight t-shirt and a deep tan brought a cocktail on a silver tray. She took the tall stemmed glass and raised the drink to her lips. Something heavy and warm pressed over her face, obstructing her breathing. Desperately, she pushed away the offending item, only to feel the weight shift to her chest and repeated sharp snatches at her swimsuit. No, wait, her nightdress. The final insult, dispelling any hope of returning to the dream world, was being lightly batted in the face by a soft piece of furry rope. She sighed as her cat's tail made one last traversal of her nose before the pummeling of paws on her chest suggested the creature was turning to survey her with a relentless stare. Carol opened one eye. Archie's feline countenance surveyed her in the manner of a weary schoolmaster waiting for a child to grasp the simplest of concepts. Meow... Is it breakfast by any chance, Archie? 
The cat gave no answer. Satisfied his human was now properly awake, he jumped lightly to the floor and sauntered through the open door. Cruelly, his hind paws had pressed on Carol's bladder, so she had no option but to get up as well. A few minutes later, she padded barefoot into the kitchen of her apartment, turned on the kettle and organized her cat's breakfast. Archie walked between her legs, brushing her calves and tickling her. Be patient, Carol admonished as she placed the dish on the floor. The cat sniffed its food and glanced at the provider of the feast as if to question whether this was all she had to offer. Her facial expression must have been enough to persuade him it was, because he started to eat in a highly obliging manner. (laughs) Don't do me any favors, Carol laughed. The kettle announced it was ready with a pop and a sputter. Carol soon cradled a mug of warm, restorative tea between her hands and rested her elbows on the breakfast bar gazing across the large, open-plan living room, through the plate-glass sliding doors, and over the balcony to the rooftops of the cityscape spread before her. The metropolis was waking. Her phone buzzed on the countertop. She glanced at the screen and frowned at the message, which had the sheer temerity to interrupt her morning routine. It was from her mother. A typical leading question about her daughter's plans for Valentine's Day. (sighs) Carol swore enough to tempt several long-dead relatives to come back to haunt her with spectral tuts. She put down her tea and picked up her phone to message her plans were non-existent, and she liked it like that. A key rattled in the front door followed by the urgent clacking of heels on the marble tiles. A familiar young woman walked into the room, looking impossibly fresh and stylish for such an early hour of the morning. Her perfectly coiffed black wavy hair framed her round face, perfectly complementing her dark skin and large brown eyes. Carol became acutely aware of the disheveled state of her own auburn locks, and she wished she had time to run a brush through them. She knew her pale, freckled skin would be blotchy and her eyes dusty with sleep. Ah, what are you doing here, Leela? Didn't you get my message? Leela's South Carolina accent was like an exotic warmth contrasted against the bleak London weather the other side of the window. Carol began to feel nostalgic for her dream, which had been so cruelly interrupted. No, I didn't. Only my mother's messaged so far today. Leela sighed and placed two tall cardboard cups on the kitchen counter. I brought you a coffee. She peered into the mug of tea with evident disapproval, permitted her nose to wrinkle, and tipped the contents into the sink. I told them to put in two extra shots to help you get going. Glad you were already up. I wouldn't have been up, but Archie had other ideas. Archie had lost interest in his food and was eyeing their visitor, hoping she might like to pick him up. 
Immune to his charms, Leela gave the cat a wary glance. Back home, Mama kept cats to keep down the rats and snakes. I'm thinking they're not a big problem up here. Carol laughed. <laughs> yes, I guess snakes aren't a big problem in London. Well, the animal kind, anyway. Rats, well, maybe both types. But as you say, not up here. Her phone once again buzzed. Oh, hey, your message just came through. When did you send it? From the lobby, before I came up. I guess I must have lost reception in the elevator. What was the point of that? I didn't want to turn up unannounced. That would be rude. Carol forbore pointing out that tipping someone's tea away and thrusting a giant cup of coffee on them might also be considered impolite. Leela was too damn good an assistant to risk offending. Instead, she asked, So, what's the emergency? Simon Gilcrest emailed us at 3 a.m. Well, he didn't... You know what he's like with computers. He obviously got some poor minion to type it while he dictated. Anyway, he's not happy with the proposal and wants it redone. <laughs> well, he can wait. Two days or he's pulling the contract. Color drained from Carol's face. What's happened to make him behave like that? We can't afford to lose him. That new marketing manager of his is dripping poison in his ear, I think, Leela said. She took a step back from Archie, who was edging ever closer and probably planning to spring into her arms. Rejected, he decided to show his disdain by stalking from the room tail-arched. <sighs> Maybe I should call him, Carol mused. I doubt it would help much. He won't change his mind. Remember how you won the contract in the first place? Carol was going to object, but she shrugged instead. She knew the contract had been secured by undercutting the competition and promising too much. It was a desperate bid in a crowded market. I don't mind for myself, she muttered. It was true, but if they lost the contract, she would have to fire some staff and... The prospect of letting her people down ran against every fiber of her being. She sighed. We, we should get over to our offices. How long do you need to get ready? Leela asked. Twenty minutes? Carol felt she was seeking permission. She saw the withering disapproval in the young woman's eyes. Uh, half an hour? Clearly still unimpressed, Leland nodded and perched on one of the tall stools at the breakfast counter. She started to scroll through messages on her phone. Carol turned to leave but paused in the doorway. How long does it take you to get ready in the morning, Leela? I get up at a quarter to five, do thirty minutes of exercise while I watch the morning news, then breakfast while I check my messages, then into the shower and ready to go by six ten. Leela could not hide her pride. It wasn't a smug pride, but a positive one, which enabled her to draw energy from her own achievements. Carol raised an eyebrow, but left the room without further comment.
That was a taste of one of D.B. Carter's great books, Ups and Downs, a Contemporary Romance. D.B. Carter lives with his family on the edge of a small town nestled amongst the rolling hills of Royal Devon, England. The son of two nomadic artists, he grew up in a world of creativity, studying painting techniques under his parents' tutelage. In his 20s, he went to university and followed a career in science and later commerce, running his own business for 20 years. A lifelong bibliophile, he is firmly of the opinion that there is no such thing as too many books, only insufficient shelf space. It was his love of classic literature of Dickens and Bronte that led to the creation of his book, The Cherries. His philosophy is, if we look for the good, we will find it. Thank you for taking the time to listen. I sincerely hope you enjoyed it. If you did, you could rate and review the podcast, as well as swing over and pick up a copy of the book. Also, before I go, there is some important information. The submission window is open now. That means if you want to get your book on the podcast, you need to head on over to glintofmischief.com and check out the submission guidelines. And maybe in a bit, you could be listening to me read your book. Until next time, see you around.